We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. We're good, so welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me is my fellow football priest. You know him, you love him. Fresh off an episode of Holding It Down Solo, Zach Kelberman. Zach, you just had an article that's uh, barely published. I'm sure some of you have read it, but the Denver Broncos signed a former chief linebacker. Tell everybody about this cat. What's going on? First of all, good to have you back, Chad. All the infinity stones are collected, and the podcast is how it should be. Uh, Ben Neiman was the linebacker the Broncos signed over the weekend. They signed him to the practice squad. You might remember his name because he played four years in Kansas City. He had multiple starts there, 79 games of NFL experience. He was with VJ in Arizona last season, so that's where the connection comes in. But very smart, heady player, um, who VJ talked up a lot last November. I have it in the article. Uh, VJ said he makes plays when they come to him. He's a very clear communicator. He's pretty good in coverage too. So to get this guy, 28 years old, 21 starts in his career on the practice squad, just in case there's injuries that befell that unit, I think was a pretty solid move by George Payton and company. You know, you don't, it's, it sounds kind of like an impotent, um, compliment to say he makes plays when they come to him or whatever but that's actually that's a strong compliment i mean in the league doesn't matter what profession actually of of sports you got you you need the guys that are going to make the plays when they're there right the guys that you can count on to make those plays and uh, execute when those moments come even if it's just setting the edge wrapping a guy up uh consistent a guy in other words that coaches can rely on Absolutely. Yeah. And another guy, along with Zach Allen, who was with VJ in Arizona, another guy that can help um, the players learn the defense or kind of can provide some insight into VJ's scheme or just help the Broncos uh, preparation throughout the week. I really like this signing a lot and him being good in coverage is just the added bonus. I've actually, pardon me. I've actually been curious to see it because of your, your, uh, you just mentioned Allen and then your article of Marvin Mims changing his jersey number in case you guys missed it. He's no longer number 83. He's rocking the Eddie Royal special, number 19. I've been curious to see if Zach Allen would rock his former 94, the number that he wanted originally after Aaron Patrick got the boot. But 
he still listed Zach as number 99 for what it's worth. I'm going to double check something. Yeah. Number 99. So for whatever that's worth, uh, guys, we got, uh, Noah Thornberry jumping in with the super chat early. Thank you, bro. Way early. Thank you. Appreciate you. He says, always listen after the fact. First time catching y'all live. Ooh. Awesome, dude. He says, I got my tickets to the Jets Broncos. First game at mile high all the way from Kansas city, Missouri. That's wild, dude. Good for you. That's going to be a, uh, that's going to be a sight to behold. If that Zach is your first ever experience oh, yeah. uh, at a Bronco game in at mile high in this, in the home stadium, that's going to make for some, some crackling air. Like that's going to be a, a fiery game. I mean, just the fact that Nathaniel Hackett is the offensive coordinator, like that was enough to imbue this game with plenty of like additional energy, but then all the crap talking that has ensued since then, from Billy Turner telling, well, Sean Payton, of course, saying what he said about Hackett to Billy Turner saying, you know, uh, F you basically and, and trying to dredge up the uh, Bounty Gate stuff. Aaron Rodgers, keep my coach's name out of your mouth. It's going to be a juicy matchup. It could be the game of the year. It could be a game that gets flexed in the prime time because, like you mentioned, all the storylines and the narratives are set in stone. So, Noah, great first game to pick. Uh, for your Broncos experience, and um, hopefully we come away with a W that Sunday. We got Little Clips Gaming in the house. What's going on? Good to see you. That's a newer name. Welcome. Appreciate you. Saying, uh, good morning, Broncos country. Raider week. Let's buck them. Go Broncos. Yes. You know, this is a uh, strong, strong industry now, Zach, when it comes to content, is people that film themselves playing video games of whatever ilk, and then it sounds like maybe uploading clips and whatnot. Like there's a, there's some cheese to be made in that particular realm. So maybe you're one of those guys, little clips, and hopefully you're doing well, big dog. A lot of cheese. Yeah. That YouTube gaming industry is absolutely massive. And it seems like uh, maybe we have uh, one on our hands here, but we appreciate the, um, the generosity and uh, look forward to the Broncos ending that six game losing streak on Sunday against Las Vegas. Dude, it still surprises me that, people will sit and watch other people play video games as like entertainment edification, whatever. Like even last night we're at my family's cabin, <clears throat> pardon me for the Labor Day weekend, having some fun out in the Rockies and splashing around in lakes and having a good old time. <clears throat> my son though, my 15 year old, not feeling so hot about lunchtime. So he kind of takes it easy the rest of the day. Walk in on him in the in the living room. He's just chilling on the couch, watching something. As always, watching something on his phone too. By the way, for whatever it's worth, I glance over. He's watching someone else play a, a video game. Like it's a it's a thing. In, even though I don't understand it, the best way I, was it you, Scott, that said it this way. That that somebody uh, put it this way. You'll watch other people play football, right? You'll watch other people play. You know, Broncos, Raiders. It's Raider Week. Buck them. Let's go. What's the difference? And Maybe, Zach, as we march farther into the metaverse, there is no difference. I don't know. Maybe we, uh, we're we getting old and we grew up in different times. I I, I don't understand. I'll tell you what, the, the, the mukbang videos, people eating and people watching other people eat just a gluttonous amount of food. I don't understand that. So I can get on board with gaming at a minimum. Yeah, I don't get that one either. Or I don't know what the muk, what is that? What's What you, would you call it? I think it's a mukbang, mukbang, whatever it's called. Like, is that people, where they make like gross sounds with their mouths while they're eating, and they have the mic like right up on their face while they're chewing? I couldn't get through one. Couldn't tell you. I think it's nasty, but I don't partake. These industries that are popping up, you know, it's like you never would have guessed there would have been a demand for that. But whatever, Mike, 
the Ronk in the house. What's up, bro? Appreciate you jumping in early, throwing some props up, uh, some support. It wouldn't be a Mile High Huddle podcast without the Ronk uh, ushering things in. So great to see you, Mike. Miguel, what's good, bro? He's saying, what's up, fellas? Hope we can stop Mad Max Crosby and Josh Jacobs this week. They always seem to have career games against the Broncos. So, yeah, this is uh, the main gist of the tonight's show, the way we titled it, which was Sean Payton in his uh, conference call with Vegas Media talking about different things today. Two names uh, he mentioned, Josh Jacobs, Zach, Max Crosby. You know, relative to Josh Jacobs, a quick, like, catching everybody up to speed here. Sean Payton at one point seemed to quite clearly covet Josh Jacobs, but the Raiders said, now nah, we're going to franchise tag him. And he was not stoked on that. He was one of these running backs, Zach, that was like, no, pay me. I'm sick of this franchise business. Held out entirely. Uh, all camp, preseason, et cetera. They finally said, okay, here's a one-year deal, $12 million. Will you accept that? Because it was a couple mil better than what he would have made on the franchise tag. That was like, if memory serves, 26th, 27th, maybe the 28th of August. Either way, he's barely back on the horse. Now, you got to assume that he's kept himself in football shape, but he hasn't been practicing all that stuff. So Sean Payton on the subject of Jacobs was uh, asked that, like, hey, what do you expect to see? What's your plan? Do you think they're going to give him a full helping, so to speak, right, being that he's um, missed so much time on his holdout? And to to quote Coach Payton, he said, uh, quote, he certainly is one of the more dominant running backs in the NFL, so that's how we're going to approach the game. And then also, basically, we're not going to tailor our plan to the idea he might not play as much. Listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. At Ticketmaster.com slash Denver Broncos. Uh, I know you were out yesterday, Chad, on the podcast, and uh, I don't know if you caught it, but I gave three keys to victory for the Broncos in week one. Number one was stopping Josh Jacobs. Number two was stopping Max Crosby. I mean, the game really starts and ends there for the Broncos. If they can contain those two players out of 50-plus, they'll have an excellent chance of coming away on top. 
Um, I think Josh Jacobs is going to get a full complement of carries. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 20, 25, 30 touches in this game because he is their entire offense. And what the Raiders don't want to do is have to lean on Jimmy G and make him beat Denver in Denver. It won't happen. So what Coach Payton said about Crosby, for what it's worth, what makes him so difficult to stop? Quote, he's really flexible. He's a tremendous worker, athletic. He's got one of those motors that doesn't stop, and he can get to your edge quickly. His ability to bend, then his stamina are things that stand out. Close quote. And I would uh, definitely second that, Zach. But one thing we learned about Max Crosby, if you watch the Netflix special uh, miniseries, whatever, quarterback, is that he also likes the game within the game, which is, you know, the mind game of uh, screwing with quarterbacks, trying to get in their head, which in the instance of this quarterback series, he did in one particular game. He definitely got into Patrick Mahomes' head to the point where, you know, he Mahomes, of course, got the last laugh. That's the way it goes more often than not with Mahomes, Zach, but got into his head to a point where, you know, he kind of snapped a little after a big play and, you know, maybe – comported himself differently than he might otherwise so he's a very savvy guy all those things Peyton said plus just like the between the years stuff he's he's formidable Max Crosby he is a hell of a player and I want to give a shout out to Nick Cosmiter of The Athletic because he had a pretty good uh, statistic here and a pretty sobering one as well for Broncos country Nick said Max Crosby has 10 sacks in his last six games against the Broncos for context, the Broncos haven't had a player record 10 sacks in an entire season since 2018. Yeah. Just, to, just to show you how bad the Broncos' defense has been along the edges and how dominant of a pass rusher Max Crosby is, especially against the Broncos. I said yesterday, I'll say it again, I don't care if it's a double team, triple team, chip block, max protect, you got to do anything in your power and everything in your power to shut down. I think he's number 98. It's... Uh... Khalil Mack-esque in terms of like yeah, just unbelievable. But here's the good thing. You know, you talk about at the top of the show, we're talking about players who make the plays when they're there to be made. Sean Payton is a coach who is going to recognize, you know, the uh, holes in the boat when they're there to be seen. And one of those holes in the boat, obviously, when you go back and study Broncos Raiders head-to-head -head over the last few years, which no doubt the Payton staff has done in spades, Max Crosby jumps off like, okay, what's our plan for this guy? Because he could wreck the whole the whole offensive plan. So you got to expect and I think take some confidence in Peyton's going to be ready for him. Now, that that's not a cure-all. That's I mean, he's going to have his counters as well. He's going to do what he's going to do. He's such a great player. Be ready for it. But Zeus, what's up, dude? The first face etched in the MHH Mount Rushmore right here. Stoop, McPeak, jumping in with a super chat. Love you, bro. Good to see you. He's saying here, Zach, football week. That's right. We get the the kickoff game Thursday night, Broncos on Sunday. Like, we're in the swing of things. It feels nice. Yeah, we get a Lions win over Kansas City on Thursday to start the season off right, and then a Broncos victory against the Raiders on Sunday. But you're absolutely correct, Stu. It's finally football week. And I talked about it yesterday, Chad. I can't believe how fast the NFL calendar flies, even when it feels slow. Because this offseason has felt like it's taken three years, but we were just talking about Sean Payton's hire. Then we were talking draft. Then we were talking training camp. And now week one is upon us. So I'm definitely pumped. Stu, so great to see you, brother. Uh, Phil, and by the way, guys, um, we're waiting to see. We're, over, we're well over 200 in our live room right now. We wanted to do the uh, 
the super chat drawing tonight, but we weren't sure with it being Labor Day, people traveling, et cetera, if it would be the best decision to do it tonight um, because we want as many of the people who are in the running to be in the room in case they win. So we're still waiting to see kind of what the what the live room grows to here in the next few minutes. If we don't do it tonight, we will definitely do it Thursday night, but we're probably going to do it tonight. So stay tuned for that. Phil, brother, down in Tucson, what's good? Appreciate the support as always, my friend. He says, hey, guys, anyone surprised the Broncos released Chris Allen? Hashtag Buckham, MHH for life. Zach, this was a guy, just to refresh for everybody, not to be too pedantic here, but undrafted rookie out of Alabama last year redshirted his entire rookie year with an injury a you know a pickup from the former <clears throat> pardon me former regime coaching regime however it was George Payton who was still running the front office last year so there is that carryover uh didn't make the cut were you surprised it sucks because he came back from the foot like you just uh talked about he missed the entire season and he was doing decently in training camp decently in the first couple preseason games and then in the finale against the Rams he picked up a groin injury Chris Allen did and that obviously is uh fairly significant and the Broncos didn't want to house him on IR for the year so they've released him today with an injury settlement and uh, he'll be a free agent but it seems like that uh, book is open and shut on Chris unfortunately he looked great at Alabama and I thought the Broncos were getting a steal as a UDFA you know, the Broncos have, have had a few guys like that because we get so excited about the next Shaq Barrett, right? These edge rushers. Who was that kid from Auburn just a, uh, two or three years ago? Oh. Sim similar story. Um, it'll Ooh. come to me. Someone in the chat right now is like screaming into their phone. But Christopher Allen is is similar to that. Big difference, though, being that you can't make the club from the tub. And when you already redshirted your rookie season, Zach, and – You've got a new coaching perspective in town. Unfortunately, if you catch an injury about this time of year, you can't be surprised, um, considering his his history, to be shown the door. It's unfortunate, but I'm feeling very, very optimistic for what it's worth of this Broncos edge rushing group mm -hmm. because you know you've got some stability in the form of Frank Clark. You've still got what I view, Zach, as some untapped potential in the other veteran, Randy Gregory. Jonathan Cooper seems like he's turning a corner that could be very, very impressive. Might even be the starter opposite of Gregory. We'll see. Uh, Nick Benito showed a lot this summer. Could end up finally cashing in a little bit on that draft pedigree as a second-round pick. I mean, there. and then once you get Baron Browning back, all could be well if you get a little luck along the way with, with the with the injury bug. No one else you know, gets nicked for whatever it's worth. There's no, like, clear Von Miller. There's no clear even – Bradley Chubb, although you might argue that Frank Clark's pretty good apples for apples, but I like it's kind of like Vance Joseph said when he first got here, you know, hey, this is the best edge rusher, uh, rush linebacker group I've had in a long time. I think there's some truth to that. I don't think that was hyperbole, and we just got to see it come out in the wash. You took every single point I was going to make. All I want to do is add on that uh, DVA has a great shout. It was Jeff Holland. I was trying to rack my brain. That is the kid that we were all hyped on, never worked out. And you're right, Chad, the Chad, uh, the uh, Chris Allen saga is playing out the same way. I mean, even Malik Reed, you know, who obviously had a lot more success than either of the two guys, Allen or uh, Holland, but no one's quite been able to live up to the, to the Shaq Barrett mantle and, you know, makes sense. He's a rare, rare player. Adrian, good to see you on Facebook. Appreciate the stars, my friend. 
Um, we got also George Fox saying, thanks guys for all your insight on the team for all these months that we didn't have football, but it's now football season. Go Broncos, Denver Broncos for life. MHS for life. I think 10 and seven this season. Hey dude, we're hoping, we're hoping you're uh, right in the pocket there. Yo, Denver Broncos for life. Jumping in with a super chat as well saying go Broncos watching the Duke Clemson and listening to the best. Awesome, dude. Well, we appreciate you staying with us while you're uh, multitasking with your uh, sports entertainment. So thank you, bro. Appreciate you. Yo. Um, <clears throat> all right, let's grab, let's grab Michaela and F.A. Scott, and then we'll just, we'll just do the drawing. We'll just do it. Um, the Duchess jumping in. So good to see you. Hope everybody you included Michaela has had a great Labor Day weekend. Hope you did some, some fun stuff. Everybody stayed safe. She says, hi brothers and sisters in orange. It's football week. Finally. That's right. It was fun, Zach, even though I wasn't able to do the show with you last night. Scheduling the stream. I would have done the show, but the, the, the our cabin, it's just, it's not the greatest Wi-Fi. It's solid, but it's not really good enough to trust. But anyway, it, it was exciting for me to go, all right, titling this thing Raider Week. I'm like, whoa, yeah. Looking at the calendar, I'm like, yeah, it's freaking Raider Week. Let's go. I'm stoked. Yeah, it wasn't like, you know, PFF says this or NFL.com says that, or we weren't reaching for a topic to fill that dead period because, like um, the previous comment said, it's football season finally, and I'm so happy. Thank you, uh, as always, Michaela. And then we got F.A. also. So good to see you tonight, big dog. Top rope super chat. Appreciate your generosity and support, as always, my friend. You know this. He's saying, howdy, my people. The most wonderful time of year is here. Let's go. The Sean Payton era is about to begin. Can't wait. I'm feeling good about it, dude. Like I told you, you know, preseason games might not count, but I do believe they matter. All right. And for him to, you know, everybody wringing their hands, Zach, over the 0-2 start to the preseason, losing two road games, as it were, in the preseason. But when the the most important game, the first home the uh, first home game in the stadium, front of the fans. Not only does Sean Payton get the win, but he does it in dominant cruising fashion. And that tone that he set, that precedent that he set, I get it. It was second, third, fourth stringers. A lot of the guys who contributed to that big win, Zach, aren't even with the club anymore. But what does that tell you? If they're if they contributed to a win of that magnitude and they're not even with the club, what are the guys who didn't play because they're first teamers or high second teamers? How are they going to contribute under a Sean Payton? Uh, regime so the the era begins the Peyton era as FA says here it begins and I think they've got a modest I'm not going to overblow this modest little boost of momentum from that preseason finale and his first kind of fans anyway being exposed to Sean Payton in the flesh for the first time yeah I mean his first win preseason or not was a 41 nothing drubbing so that felt pretty good (laughs) FA thank you so much and uh since we're talking about the Raiders Chad I I went over it last night I didn't get your opinion obviously Michael wants to know who will score the Broncos first touchdown in your opinion. Mm, really good question. Really good question. I think um, what it's worth. That's what I would say. Actually, it was Javante Williams. But if you if you're picking Pookie, I'll throw another one out, and I'll say Russell Wilson rushing touchdown. How's that? Ooh, like it. We'll see. But let's do the drawing. You know, we we've got we're approaching 300 in the room across all the different platforms. I think. I think we've got a good cross-section of everybody who needs to be here. Now, just a quick refresher, guys. As you know, um, we used to do this literally as a, you know, analog way, so to speak. Names in a hat, draw them out in front of you guys on live, show you, blah, blah. This is a uh, smoother system. 
We take the top 10 finishers on Super Chat in the given month, all right? Top 10. Their names go in this digital hat, so to speak, and each name is weighted. So, in other words, David McElrath, who we love, isn't going to have the same number of tickets in this digital hat as Michaela, who finished at number one. Michaela, as you can see, uh, more weighted, et cetera, et cetera. So, we're, as we go through and generate the order, the names that are that you're seeing come out first, those are the names who are eliminated from the drawing. It's the last name who ends up being the winner. So, Scott, without further ado, let's let's see what we got here. All right. Ethan comes in number 10, the DWI guys. We love you, big dog. Appreciate you. Uh, Zeus McPeak is the ninth runner-up. Is that how you would say Eighth runner-up? I don't know how you'd say it. Appreciate you, Stu. The Duchess, what? Oh. At number eight. Okay, okay. See, this is this is how random it is. Like, it's legit. Um, number seven coming in. FA's out. Okay, we love you. FA, I know you're in the room. And he's got another super chat waiting, too. FA, love you, big dog. Uh, then we have Jasmine is out. Okay, Jasmine. No jersey this time. David McElrath out at number five. Okay, we're narrowing it down. Number four, the GLP. Gary Palmer is out. Naj out. Lady D, Deanna Hendry out. So the winner of the August jersey giveaway for the Super Chat Superstars is none other than Troy. Troy Booer in the house, the uh, the Fawn Donkey. Troy hasn't won. I don't think he's ever won, has he? I'm pretty sure he hasn't. That's a first time for Troy. Is Have you seen him in the room? I haven't seen him in the room yet, but uh, congratulations to Troy, guys. We give this jersey away. It's a small thing that the it's a small way that we can give back and say thank you to our great supporters. And if your name was in that top 10 list, understand how much we love and appreciate you. We don't take you for granted. Like it's so, so meaningful for us. All right. That anyone, if if you give a dollar to Mile High Huddle, we take that as a great responsibility. And we we also with great honor. We appreciate you doing that and uh, helps us keep the lights on, allows us to keep doing what we do. So without you guys, this content wouldn't be happening, Zach. Yeah, if we can give away 10 jerseys every time, we would. I don't want to uh, get the impression that some are more important than others. We value each and every single person who interacts with us. We mean that genuinely. Troy, very well-deserved. Congratulations. Let us know what jersey you want, though. Can't wait to see it. That's right. And everybody on the list and everybody within the sound of our voices right now, we want to see you at the meet and greet because we'll have a little something, something when we see you there. Okay. We're going to come with some treats with some, uh, some goodies. So try to make it out. FA again, bro. Thank you. He says, I'm not afraid of Max Crosby. Sean Payton will run right at him. It's the best way to negate him. And I think we load the box against JJ. What do you think, Zach? JJ. I'm not sure what he's saying either. Maybe Josh McDaniels, Jimmy G. Is what's the what's the latest on Jimmy G? He's practice. He he overcame that foot injury. I think he's good to go. But it's between the eyeballs with Jimmy G. That's the bigger issue. He he wilts under pressure. He crumbles and uh, he's mistake prone. So if the Broncos defense again, if they can load up the box against Josh. Oh, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. Alex Hello. Scott's going like this. <laughs> <laughs> God. Anyway, 
Yeah, so if they can load the box against Josh Jacobs, JJ, whatever you want to call him, and force Jimmy G to beat you, then that's a good situation for the Broncos' defense to be in, and their chances of winning that game go up exponentially. I agree, F.A., and thank you so much. That's funny that both yours and my mind goes to quarterback. We're going, wait a minute, JJ, huh? It's like, no, hello, we're talking about Crosby and uh, Jacobs tonight. Let's go. F.A., appreciate you, big dog. And you might be right on that. I think uh, – I think Sean Payton is going to obviously have a plan and it's going to be one that uh, perhaps Crosby least expects. We'll see. Uh, Steve, what's up, dude? Appreciate you, my friend. He says, Semper Fi again, boys. Appreciate you, dude. Says, I'm saying it. Marvin Mims going to be the game changer. Let's go. Yeah, dude. I think Marvin Mims, for what it's worth, Steve, I think Marvin Mims ends up having a much bigger impact as a rookie than we would have anticipated when the Broncos first drafted him, traded up for what it's worth into the second round to, to, to pick him. So it's going to be fun wearing that uh, Eddie Royal number 19, also a second round pick also went on to produce nearly a thousand yards his rookie year in 2008. So some nice uh, precedent, some nice kind of football juju going for Marvin Mims in that respect. I liked him a lot more in 83, but I, I don't really care that much. He's going to be counted on out of the gates because Tim Patrick, as we know, is out for the year. Jerry Judy should be highly questionable, if not doubtful, to play in week one. So it might be where Mims starts opposite Cortland Sutton against the Raiders, and he's ready for it. He talked about it after the finale against the Rams when he made that long catch. He overcame the hamstring injuries. He feels good with the playbook. He feels a little more confident. You're going to see some big splash action from your rookie receiver this coming year uh absolutely um by the way i forgot to mention this so troy when you see this we're going to need you to send us an email with your uh what jersey you want your shipping address and size of course and we'll get that out to you but one thing to remember on the on the uh, jersey front is don't just go yeah i want this Go to the Denver Broncos website, denverbroncos.com, click on their fan shop, and verify that the jersey in your size that you want is available before you tell us because we've run into that a couple of times, unfortunately, where winner, all excited, we're excited to get that jersey out to them. They say, we want this. We go to get it, and it's not available. Uh, so just double-check that for what it's worth, Troy, uh, and we'll take care of you, my friend. All right, uh, let's see. We've got um, Mark. And by the way, Mark, we're going to be doing the Facebook uh, drawing on Thursday. So stay tuned for that. Okay. He says, congrats to Troy. And Mark, by the way, is a recent uh, Jersey winner on the Facebook side of things. He's saying, congrats to Troy on the Jersey win. Is it Sunday yet? I'm jonesing for this game to get here. Go Broncos. Buck them. I know, man. We've been wandering the, the Bronco desert in uh, more ways than one. And finally, finally, we're getting some mana served up to us. Hopefully it's... Uh, Hopefully it's as magical as the real thing, Sean Payton. Let's go. Here's the Papa Bear, as he's known, in his neck of the woods. David McElrath, great to see you tonight, bro. Appreciate you. Hope everything is um, – hope you're doing okay in the in the McElrath family. He's saying, uh, good evening, Broncos country. Chad, Zach, Dylan, Deacon, Scott. Hashtag 12 and 5 plus plus. Okay. Buckham times three with a B, U2. MHH for life, Den Bronx for life. Man, 12 and 5. Denver and the fans just across the world, Zach, would have, as my in-laws like to see, say, they'd have a come apart if the Broncos 
win 12 games this year. Like they'd freak out, you know, in a good way, in the best sense. Like it's been a long seven years, dude. You figure they would have as many wins as the last two seasons combined if they went 12 and five. And that would be quite the turnaround for Sean Payton. At that point, Russell Wilson would probably be in the MVP conversation or comeback player, Sean Payton in the coach of the year conversation. I would absolutely be overjoyed, David, if they finished at that mark. That's my ceiling for Denver this year. I have my floor at nine and eight. So anything in that range, I'd be happy with But 12 and five. Whoa, boy. Dude, you got to start with owning the division or taking care of your business in the division. And the Broncos have been, I mean, one of the many reasons for how bad the Broncos have been from an overall perspective is their inability to compete in the division. I mean, the fact that you're, what is it? I'm starting to lose count. My recall on this, 13 straight losses to the Chiefs, six straight losses to the Raiders, which is absolutely unconscionable. It's at least semi, maybe not forgivable, Zach. Understandable that you've lost 13 in a row to Patrick Mahomes and company, like, because they're the best. They've been the best in over that span. So let's say from 2016 on, I guess he didn't really come into the picture till, you know, end of 17, but I'm digressing a little bit. The Chiefs have been top one, two, or three teams in the NFL since Mahomes. Uh, was inserted into the lineup late his rookie year. Okay. The Raiders, dude, the Raiders, with the exception of one playoff berth, still looking for that first playoff win since they went to the Super Bowl uh, back in 02. Was it 02? 02. 02 Super Bowl against the Bucks. Still looking for that. But they've, they've been a doormat, and they've owned the Broncos. Like, that has to end. Sean Payton strikes me as a guy that not only understands it all that well, but like even more so his he understands these divisional games that they in many different ways take precedent over everything else. Like these are the games you gotta have win the games you're supposed to win. And even though the Broncos have lost six straight to the Raiders, they're at home. This is a game. The Broncos are supposed to win. You better win this game. And I think they will. The thing about Kansas City, that streak should never be at what it is now because they've had chances to beat them. I mean, look at the Demarius Thomas uh, game, for example, when the, he missed that. Why it was Case Keenum, was it not? Yeah, Case Keenum. Yep, wide, just a couple wide of inches off, dude. Yep. There was also the Matt Moore game when Patrick Mahomes went out, and they they still found a way to beat Denver. I mean, the Broncos have had their chances and they haven't come through. But you're right with the Raiders. There is no excuse it is disgusting to lose six straight and two of which by the way or one of which was against uh rich basaccia it was one oh. game no both both games no 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 wait now yeah they fired him right before their first right, that's right that's right so two and so oh and two to basaccia oh and two to daniels amongst uh, mcdaniels amongst those six straight like it boggles <laughs> the mind Makes it even more disgusting when you talk about it in those terms, but it has to end now. The Broncos are a better team on paper. They have the better coaching staff. They have the better quarterback. I don't care what anybody says. That is ending this Sunday, period. Yeah, the uh, the rust shade is going to begin to diminish as soon as Sunday night. So, Phil, saying my four breakout players this year, Brandon Johnson, Greg Dulcich, Jonathan Harris, and Jonathan Cooper. By the way, Credit and props to you for catching the O in, in the second O in Jonathan Cooper's first name. A lot of people miss that. Nice. Uh, well done, Phil. 
Who are your breakout candidates this year, Zach? Damari Mathis is the first name that comes to mind. I think he's – I'm higher on him than most other people, but he is a really solid cornerback, too, who's going to do really well opposite PS2. Caden Stearns in that secondary, I think, is a breakout player if he gets that full-time role, as he should, opposite Simmons. Um, and Jaleel McLaughlin, I hate to say it for a third-string running back, a undrafted rookie, but – when the ball's in his hands, he is going to make electric plays happen. He is going to be this year's Philip Lindsay for Denver, but better. Not a lot of people outside of Denver know McLaughlin's name, but most will know it after this coming season. I really, I am like super excited for Greg Dulcich. I think he is going to be that big pop player that no one outside of Denver saw coming. Uh, Brandon Johnson, I mean, hey, there's a chance you could be right on this because, I mean, three healthy wide receivers made the actual active roster. And he was one of them kind of late to the party, had some injuries in camp. Um, but Sean Payton likes him. He's going to get utilized a lot. We just don't quite yet know Zach, what the balance of, uh, you know, the offensive philosophical balance, what it's going to look like, because it seems like everything we've heard, everything we've seen from camp through preseason, that it is going to be, in a Sean Payton, very Sean Payton way, though, a run-first kind of uh, approach, at least in year one, as he really works to get Russ back on the horse. So I'm not sure how many, um, you know, how many opportunities there are going to be for multiple, we'll call it pass catchers, to kind of break out in this offense year one. But, hey, Cortland Sutton's already had his breakout. Would you say Jerry Judy has had his breakout? No. Not yet. Close. So, Not yet. He's a guy right there, too. I mean, he might miss might miss two games. I think they get him back week two. We'll see. Mm-hmm. He's going to romp this year, guys. Rodney, did Drew Locke beat the Raiders in 2019? He did. His his final start, his fifth, fifth start? Anyway, his final start rookie year. That was the last Raiders win, if I'm not mistaken, was that season finale that Drew Locke got the dub. Yeah, Scott points out here they they beat them 16-15. It was the finale in in 2019. Locke went 17-28 for 177 and a touchdown. And that was part of that 4-1 run. Or was was it 4-0 or 4-1? 4-1. 4-1, yeah. That lock went on under Rich Scangarello, and we all thought he was the next big thing and the answer. And uh, little did we know what would change in a calendar year. If if memory serves – that was also a game that it did take a miraculous one of those knack plays that Shelby Harris just had a knack. If memory serves, he had a, a knack play as Derek Carr final possession, fourth quarter driving, trying to get there. Um, that was one of the things I always really loved and appreciated about Shelby's game in particular. Mark says, I think at worst we split each division game with KC and the Raiders, but damn, it would be nice if we swept him. Yes, it would. But, you know, a split with the Chiefs, uh, I think, is like it's plausible. It could happen, actually happen this year because you have the coaching firepower, the the coaching wherewithal to contend. Not to say that this man's word is the end-all, be-all, but Dick Vermeil, let's remember, the two best offensive minds of the this, you know, we'll call it the 21st century NFL – he said Andy Reid, Sean Payton, and they're going to be squaring off. 
Zach, twice a year, it's going to be dope. So, and the Raiders, I'm sorry, the Raiders are not that good of a team period. Like, especially with the instability at quarterback and the changes there. And I think Jimmy G to shine really needs, um, aside from the obvious, you know, good offensive line, complimentary solid run game, which he'll probably get with Josh Jacobs, the reigning rushing champ. But he, I think Zach is going to show that, Hey, I need that next level offensive mind coaching me in order to thrive the way you've seen me thrive in San Francisco. And I'm not convinced. I, and I'm trying to be objective as, as I can with Josh McDaniels. I'm not convinced he's that guy, even though Josh McDaniels, part of the regime that was there when the, the Patriots drafted Jimmy G part of the regime that kind of propped him up and, and he had a couple of good games when Tom Brady was hurt or, and, and was able to maximize the value they to, to trade him away. I'll believe it when I see it. Let me just put it that way. Same. I am not a big believer in Jimmy G at all. And um, I think he's going to be the reason why the Broncos beat the Raiders. He's going to just melt down like he usually does. And um, I don't know about sweeping Kansas city. I agree with Todd in the comments who says it's, it's a little unrealistic, but if the Broncos are as good as we think they are, they can absolutely turn the tables and sweep Vegas this year and really end that bad juju. Amen. Ted, the wonder lick in the house. Saying and with a super chat, thank you, Ted. Yes, we've been swept by three different head coaches in three years. I hate it. That makes us four and 26 against Casey and the Raiders in our last 30. Time to change it, man. I remember, you know, one of the one of the um nice things that Broncos PR department does for media is they send us out uh, an end of season kind of capsule. You guys know those game capsules we show you on the head to heads on Thursday nights, which we'll be doing. We'll be debuting that for the first time this year on Thursday. So similar to that, they send this uh, end of season kind of everything in one bucket, historical distinctions, records, this and that players, blah, blah, blah. It's really cool. It's a nice resource for us for uh, writing stories and this and that making videos, doing podcasts, all that stuff. I used to love getting those and seeing just where the Broncos stood all time in the AFC West with 15, uh, is it 15 off memory? I'm pretty sure. Like in the immediate Zach aftermath of Peyton Manning um, riding off into the sunset, the Broncos had the most division crowns in the, in the division by a, a stretch, like 15 to something. I haven't even looked at it the last couple of years because I don't want to see it. Like the chiefs have narrowed that gap to where, all time they're up there in terms of the most division titles i might pull it up now just to satisfy and remind my curiosity but it's time to to get this back in balance dude this as this is i mean the way this is a great illustration of just how out of whack it's been in denver uh since you know super bowl 50 since a while i mean going back to the last 30 that would be 15 years ago if my math holds up it's, it's a long-standing issue with the Broncos and facing these divisional opponents. They seem to have better luck against the Chargers, but that's not going to really count for much. you got to be able to take care, like you were talking about earlier, Chad, take care of your business in the West. Ideally, you want to split with Kansas City and uh, preferably sweep the Raiders, but you got to at least put some wins on the board and end that, that sorry streak. All right, at the risk of creating a technical difficulty, Let's uh, let's see if we can find this together real quick. Uh, this is the 2022 season in review. Okay, Broncos ranked second in Super Bowl appearances. Let me blow this up if I can a little. Uh, da, 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 one more. Nope, that's as big as it'll go. Okay, 
so Broncos rank second. Go away. What are you? You go away. No, that's not what I wanted to do. Stand by. Hold on. Hang with me, y'all. Coming right back to it. You can see it on the screen, yes? Yeah. I'm off. So let me go like this. I won't ever be able to. Nope, too much. We'll go down. No, not search. We'll go 125. Okay. And if I do this, sorry, guys. I should have uh, thought ahead on this. Hang tight. It'll be worth it, I promise. Okay, good enough. This is where I wanted to be. So let me scroll down here. No, no, no. Yes, down lower here. So the Broncos, as of uh, as of the end of the 2022 season, second in Super Bowl appearances, all right, all time with eight, tied with a couple other teams, as you can see there. All right, let me find the division. Still owns the most AFC West crowns. Okay, Broncos, 15 AFC West crowns, Kansas City, 13. So it's time to start, Zach, creating a little distance in mm -hmm. that. All right. The Chiefs all time. So the Broncos all time, for those just listening, 15 all time AFC West titles. Chiefs, 13 all time. Raiders, 12. Chargers, 10. And then for those who really know their history, the Seattle Seahawks own two of them from back in the day. So there you have it. Uh, the, the Broncos still edging them out. Still edging them out. Phil, Saints are five and seven against the Chiefs. Pretty sure Peyton's ready for them. Nice. Thank you for that little piece of research. Um, cause I actually had an idea to do a story on this subject, uh, pending some research. So very nice distinction there. Thank you, bud. Peyton knows how to match fire with fire. If there's a, a comparable offensive mind in the NFL to Andy Reed, historically it's been Sean Payton and you got to match points with a Kansas city led team with Patrick Mahomes. You're not going to hold them to a, a nine to six game. You're not going to beat them by a field goal. You're, they're going to score touchdowns, and you have to be capable of scoring touchdowns as well. They, they weren't capable in the last 15 games against Kansas City. Hopefully that changes under Sean Payton. Uh, guys, we're about out of time, so any burning topics, get them in the chat, and we shall do our best to get to them before we dip on out of here. Mike, the Ronk saying, Jalil McLaughlin will be the X factor for the Broncos. You know, it's interesting. I don't uh, – you know – Chad Jensen circa 2017 would say, come on now, Mike, we're talking about an undrafted rookie third on the depth chart. No longer do I think that way. I can't after Philip Lindsay as an undrafted rookie game one, wasn't anywhere close to being the starter was technically behind two guys, just like McLaughlin is right now had, if memory serves hundred yards from scrimmage and at least he scored a touchdown, which was a receiving touchdown that year season opener victory over Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks 2018 uh the uh final the final uh VJ season so perhaps Zach Jaleel McLaughlin will be Denver's X factor on Sunday huh I was told that Philip Lindsay couldn't catch though kind of weird that he'd have a receiving score but yeah I mean the same kind of player I think but better he just holds up to the modern day NFL uh more so than Philip Lindsay did uh, he'll be just a spark plug that the Broncos don't have what makes him so intriguing is he does things that no one on the offense can do. And especially since KJ Hamler was lost, uh, Jalen Virgil was lost. And what I mean by that is speed, home run hitting, playmaking ability. Javante Williams can't do that. Samaj P. Ryan can't do that. Jaleel McLaughlin can. He's going to be, I agree with you, Ronk. He's going to be the X factor. And a lot of outside 
fans outside of Denver will know of his name by this winter. Pearl, hey, we're, we're, we're still sending you the good, the, the good vibes, the thoughts, the prayers. Hang in there. You are a warrior. So thank you for being with us tonight. Appreciate the kind words. Mike as well. Appreciate you, big dog. The Ronk also contributing to the conversation. Uh, Zach, let's grab this. It's not a super chat, but let's grab it from Dr. Van Nostrand. Who's going to be returning kicks and punts, you think, Zach? Well, since Tremont Smith somehow made the 53, I would venture to guess that he'll be the kick returner. And the punt returner, I would assume, healthy would be Marvin Mims. Yeah, I'm going to see if they've updated this depth chart. Uh, nope. Albert Okwebenam is still on the depth chart, so not updated. But, uh, man, I would say don't put Mims back there on punts because you're going to need him, but you don't really have anyone else. I wouldn't trust Tremont Smith returning punts. You want to throw him back there as a kick returner, that's one thing. But And you don't want PS2, who they no. trotted out a few times no. during training camp as kind of an emergency returner, punt returner. Montreal's gone. I mean, who else is there? Jaleel McLaughlin? I mean, so, yeah, that's probably how it's going to be. Yeah, under any circumstance do I not want PS2 taking punts. I would rather them just call a fair catch with anyone than risk PS2 to injury. And I would say the same for Marvin Mims. He had the hamstring issues, dual hamstring issues, but that's why you drafted him, Chad. That's why you traded up for him to take advantage of his playmaking ability, his explosiveness, and that'll come out on special teams. Todd Ostendorf says, pardon me, what I am most excited about the in-game adjustments from Peyton. His in-game adjustments are elite, and that will make a difference. Yeah, and that's another thing that everybody's got to remember when you think back to the preseason. And you know, a lot of Broncos fans a little bit worried. They weren't hyper impressed with what they were seeing from Peyton's offense, even when the ones were on the field. It's like, hey, he's not showing you his hand. He's not going to put his his full hand on film for everybody to see. They didn't really even game. They don't, I mean, they game plan in a sense, but they don't game plan game plan for preseason opponents. So we're going to get to see all that um, 15 years of head coaching acumen, Zach, which includes a lot of big games in full effect for the Broncos this year. And I think it's going to, as Todd's kind of predicting here, one of those, one of those, items of wisdom that has certainly grown over the years in Peyton are the adjustment side of things. And that's been one for what it's worth. Like the, the last few Broncos head coaches, Gary Kubiak was the last one that had any wherewithal in this side of things. Like Fangio could make some defensive in-game adjustments. I'll give him that. Okay. But from an overall macro sense, this is another aspect of the coaching game, Zach, that has just been incompetent in Denver. Yeah, VJ, like you mentioned, he was good on the defensive side, but the offense was still a, a lost cause. Vic was way too stubborn and rigid to ever admit he was wrong or make changes, and it didn't come out on offense for sure. And Nathaniel Hackett was just an idiot, so he had no idea what was going on. But the the in-game adjustments and what he was talking about with the coaching, we saw that in week one of the preseason against Arizona. The Broncos offense was kind of stuck in the mud to start. They were not looking very clean. They were kind of sloppy. And as the game went on and the adjustments took hold that Sean Payton made, even though it's preseason, they don't game plan. They don't put up. They're all into it. You saw the offense get better. 
And look what happened by the third preseason game. They won 41 nothing. That is going to be the X factor. Ultimately, Michael Ronquillo mentioned Jaleel McLaughlin. The biggest X factor is not anyone on the field. It's the visor on the sidelines. No Gilligan hats, pure visor. That's the difference. That's going to make the Broncos from a borderline playoff team, like an eight-win team, to a 10-win team this coming season. Kendrick, by the way, before I read this, what is your Twitter handle so we can connect? Because I've tried to find you a couple times, and ever since some of the changes that have been made on uh, X over the last six months, 12 months, whatever it's been, it's search has been like a crap show. So tell us in the chat here what your handle is so we can be sure to connect with you, uh, at least on uh, the podcast side. It says, my guys, week one, let's go. Zach, you asked on Twitter who will score the first touchdown. I say Samaje Pirine. Unexpected, right? What say you guys? MHH for live, down go Raiders. So, Zach, it's not that far off from no. what our both our first off-the-cuff answer was. Both of us said Javante. If Javante, if they're playing it safe with him at all, like just a little bit, that's who stands to benefit out of the gates. It could it wouldn't surprise me at all if this prediction came true. Yeah, absolutely, Kendrick. I don't think it's unexpected in the least if they have a long, time-consuming mm-hmm. drive, which I think they will. Javante could need a break. It could be a, a different type of package, and Pirine comes in and punches the ball. One thing about him, he's so good near the goal line. He's so good in the red zone because he's just such a bruiser. He's the reliable uh, back that you go to. So I, I would definitely say a running back would get in, or like you said, Chad, maybe a naked bootleg or some Russell Wilson scramble to find Pater. I'm trying to find Morgan Trinkets on Twitter from Pearl. I'm not seeing that one either, so – I don't know. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. I see it here at Kendrick Jared. All right. I'm going to find it real quick. Hang tight. One sec. Stand by. Uh, 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 okay. Oh, I forgot that. Zach, I think we pretty much reached the uh, the end. Should we do our, our messages before we dip out? Yes, sir. That was the MHH podcast, another terrific installment of the MHH podcast. If you're not doing so, follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, including Buckham merchandise, you know what it is, where it is. But if you haven't done so, be sure to check it out at MHHmerch.com. Also, drop us a like at Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. If you're on Instagram, you can follow us at Mile underscore High underscore Huddle. And be sure on Apple Podcasts, if you partake, you're leaving your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, guys and gals, subscribe, like, and share. This video and every video you see on the MHH channel, it really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Amen to that. We got to give a special shout out to the great Super Chat superstars and supporters tonight. We've got Michaela the Duchess. We've got Zeus McPeak. We've got David McElrath. We've got Steve Hale. We've got F.A. Kendrick, Ted, uh, Yo, Denver Broncos for life. Little Clips Gaming. We got Noah Thornberry also, uh, who was a uh, first time catching the show live. Super chat. So rad. Uh, did I miss anybody? Steve Hale. I'm not sure if I mentioned Steve Hale. And then on Facebook, 
We've got Michael Ronk, Miguel, Phil, Adrian, George, Mark McDonald. Much love and respect. Thank you guys so much. Uh, hope you've enjoyed your Labor Day weekend. When next we see you guys, thank you, Mike. Love you, big dog. Thursday night, we'll be doing our head-to-heads. We'll be looking at Broncos Raiders. It's going to be dope. Enjoy the beginning of your week one leading in. Savor it. Let's go. Yeah, we'll see you Thursday night to break down the heads-ahead between the Broncos and the Raiders. Have a great start to your week. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.